Good day, Vanderchuk. Tell us what's going on with Tampa Bay. You can also tell us what it's like being in this market, scoring 50 goals. The last leaf to do it before Austin Matthews is our next guest. Chucky, what's going on? Tupper, how are you, buddy? How's it going? We're, well, you're better. You're in sunshine, man. What's 82 today? Uh, yeah, we might get to 85 today. Actually, a very nice day. Oh, thanks for joining us, and, Dave. Well, we really appreciate will, your time. I will say I will say this. On hold there, I was listening to your traffic. <laughs> I, don't miss, <laughs> I don't miss I don't miss that ride in from Mississauga. Nice. Pre-game skate and then the uh, going in for a game. Nah, I don't miss that. Retirement's been good to you. Sure has. Um, what do you? What do you? Where do you get the sense of this game and what it would mean to to Tampa Bay? Uh, do they look at uh, Toronto and say, okay, maybe not the first team you think that uh, can win a Stanley Cup, but hey, they can be a dangerous team. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, this is a big game for Tampa. You know, I, I think if you look at Tampa's record over the last little while here, they've um, probably not up to their standards. You know, they they had a tough month of March. Uh, lots of road games, lots of cities. You know, they did play 500 on the road, which, you know, for most teams is acceptable, not for this club. So they've come back home. The schedule's in their favor. They now have, you know, 10 games at home, five on the road. So, um, but they got to start getting going, right? Like, that's, that's the main thing. And this is a good game for them uh, against a quality team. Um, you know, the, the, the standards are going to be tight. I think that we're all going to be watching every night to see, you know, who's in second, who's in third, who drops the wild card, you know, does Boston win, you know, so we're all watching that and it's a big game for them tonight. Dave, how does this version of the Tampa Bay Lightning stack up to the Stanley Cup versions of it, the two previous seasons? Well, they still got the core group, right? And you got, well, most importantly, you got 88 and when when your goaltending is there, you know anybody can win, right? So yeah. the core group the core group is there. Um, the defense I think is just as good, if not better. Um, maybe not the depth scoring that they've had in the past. Um, you know, surprisingly, Julian again, Brisbois makes moves at the deadline when you know I think there was seven hundred dollars worth of cap space to work with, and he found a way to shake up his team a little bit, bring in a couple of young guys, uh, some fresh from some fresh faces, some young guys that are going to add a little bit of punch. And they've played good, actually. Uh, you know, they're, started, they're better now than they were, you know, two weeks ago when they joined the team. So uh, I still think they're, you know, they're a legit contender. Um, and, you know, regardless of where they end up in the standings, um, they're going to be a tough out. Hey, Chucky, how, how sneaky good is Stamkos's season uh, compared to any season he's had? Um, obviously, he got to a level of 60 goals, but uh, it seems real complete right now. He sure does. Yeah, he sure does. He's healthy. He's been consistent all year. Um, you know, he um, he's doing a lot of different things than that 60-goal season. Obviously, he's scoring goals and He's deadly on the power play and a great one-timer. But, you know, he's starting to kill penalties now. He takes key face-offs. You know, John Cooper's got him on at end of periods, end of games. Um, these are all things that probably, you know, Coop didn't have, you know, a few years ago. And he's got that now in Stamco. So, 
I'm really happy for him. You know, it's been a couple of tough years, you know, lots of injuries. Obviously, two years ago, you know, missed most of the year. Um, but at the same time, um, I think he's proved to everybody that he's still a legitimate, you know, uh, goal scorer in this league, and he's had a great year. How about uh, Nikita Kucherov? He's a guy, you know, kind of, I guess, under the radar for a guy who won a Hart Trophy. You don't hear his name around these parts as much. He's only played 30-some games. Uh, how has his season looked to date? Well, to be honest with you, you know, he's come back after the injury, and it's unfortunate, really. You know, he played two or three games, then he got injured, sat out a whole bunch. He's come back. Um, he's still a he's still a top three player in the league to me. Wow. Um, just the way that he plays. And, you know, you guys will watch him tonight. Every time he gets on the ice, there's something happens. He's, he's you know, I feel his frustration level gets a little high at times, and I think he's worked on that um, a little bit in the last little while here. But he's still it's very dangerous. You know, you give him any kind of room, he's going to make a play. You know, and there's a lot of guys. They, they, they did have the top, you know, three guys there together. Coop kind of broke him up last game, but when Stamkos, Point, and Cooch were on the same line, I mean, it was uh, pretty deadly. Uh, they did give up a couple of goals, and that's why Coop has kind of changed things up and put Stammer back in the middle. But, I, you know, I, I just – he's just a special player. He really is. He's, he's got eyes in the back of his head. He, he seems to know where everybody is. He never puts himself in a bad spot, so he's uh, – He's an elite player, and I, I get the numbers are not there, but um, I still think, you know, with the amount of games that he's played and how he's played for in the last little while, especially on the power play, which has gotten better over the last two or three weeks, um, he's, he's, he's very dangerous. We're joined by Dave Anderchuk, Vice President of Corporate and Community Affairs for the Tampa Bay Lightning, Hall of Famer, last Leaf to score 50 goals past Austin Matthews before we get into that just in terms of the John Cooper that you know you know with back-to-back Stanley Cups and uh maybe a a feel of uh fatigue 14 games out will it be less about the standings and more about how the team goes in feeling game one would you expect to see certain guys maybe sit out a little bit here and there Uh, I do. I do. I think it's all geared up for the playoffs. And as I said, you know, I don't think the standings really matter. They played a lot of hockey. One thing that they have done in the last little while here uh, after the deadline is they've had a lot of practices. He's really, he's worked them hard on practices. I think it showed a little bit against the Montreal Canadiens that mentally they were just really not into the game and the Canadiens win more, right? And that doesn't happen very often. So I, I see him, you know, easing off the break a little bit here and, and letting them, you know, uh, rest up a little bit more uh, going down the stretch because uh, he was really trying to figure out, you know, where these two new guys were going to fit in, especially penalty killing. They're both killing penalties. So lots of practice time in the last little while. He's worked them really hard. So uh, I would imagine that uh, he's some some time off, give him some days off, and we'll see what happens really down. One thing we were talking about uh, earlier in the show here was Matthew's pursuit of 50 goals and how much that pursuit weighs on him mentally. Like, is it changing the way he plays, focusing on this goal scoring uh, in this market? And you're someone who has been through that experience. Can you tell us what that was like for you and if it weighed on your mind? 
Oh, uh, wait on everybody's mind, right? As you guys saw the other night, I mean, geez, they were trying to get him the yeah. puck as much as they can, right? Like it just it takes away from everything. I um, I go back to the fifth, the first fifty goals, which um, you know half of it was in Buffalo, but that night in Winnipeg, um, I had fifteen shots on goal. <laughs> so that that goes to show you that you know they're just trying to feed me the puck as much as they can, and it really takes you off their game. So. I would imagine now that, you know, 50 is gone, 51 is in the books. There's lots of games left for him, you know, to shatter the record. They just got to get back to playing, right? You know, they just got to get back to not looking for him. And, and and I know the feeling. It's it's the same with everybody else. And, you know, whether it's the 50 goal or whether it's, you know, somebody trying to get their 300 or 500, you know, the, the team is all aware of it. It's not just the player itself. And, you know, yeah, there was some pressure, I guess, you know, to get that 50. And, um, you know, I think it was from 49. It was, it felt like three months, but it was probably only, you know, a week of two or three games. And then, you know, you finally get it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's um, <laughs> you know, good for him, right? Well, like, you know, the Austin Matthews watch has been on for two or three years for me now. I mean, you know, a few years back, he probably could have got it and got hurt. So it was just a matter of time when he stays healthy because he's uh, he's obviously a special player, and you guys get to watch him every night. guy like Doug Gilmore, it wouldn't have felt much different, though, because he was such a, a great playmaker um, from one game to the next, correct? Yeah, no doubt. He's trying to find, <laughs> Dougie's trying to find me all every time he gets on the ice, right? Like, yeah, for sure. And I think Marner's kind of the same thing, right? Like, you know, I, I, you know, you all. I'm sure you guys have commented on before. You love when he shoots the puck more, because he's he, you know, he opens so much up. And you know, maybe in the past he's always tried to look for Austin Matthews or somebody else. But now, you know, and again, as you know, as you know, I mean, you don't score 50 goals unless you got guys around you that are helping you. And, you know, and, and and Austin will tell you that. And anybody that's a goal scorer, well, you're not doing it by yourself. There's tons of guys that are helping you whether it's your shot from the point or you know whether it's a, a Doug Gilmore giving me a tap in right like it's it's it, there's people around you helping you can you toggle that off like when they get to playoffs here there's pressure on Matthews and Marner to produce uh, after last offseason where it hasn't gone awesome for them it's got to be so hard to find that balance between pushing for team success but also personally wanting to put up individual numbers right yeah, that's a fine line that we all play. Every team plays, right? Like especially down the stretch here, you're, you know, you got a guy that's on your line that whether he's got 19 goals, you want him to get 20, but you're going to win the game first. And you know, I, I think that Toronto Maple Leafs sit in a pretty good spot. We all do, really, because you know, the top eight is pretty much set. Right now, it's just a matter of where we're going to where we're going to sit each other and who's going to have home ice advantage. And I, I will say this that. I mean, you can ask anybody here in Tampa that they don't care where they finish. They just want to be playing well. And um, for these guys, you know, their person, they, they've gone through it before and they've done that before is where, you know, their personal goals kind of outweigh the, you know, the team goals. And that's, that's not the case with this team anymore. Nobody cares who scores. Nobody cares if it's point or, you know, whether it's Sorelli, it doesn't matter in this team. And, uh, that's the step that Toronto has to take. That uh, uh, regardless of what happens, you know, on the score sheet, it's the bottom line is getting the W. And 
who cares who scores. Chucky, you've as a player, you've experienced some pretty good rivalries, uh, but maybe you can speak to the one now between the Panthers and and the Lightning and where this where this rivalry could go this spring watching yeah. the Atlantic Division all season long. Yeah, and, you know, it started last year in the playoffs, right? Like, both, to be honest with you, like the, the, you know, both teams have not been relevant at the same time. And it, when I was here in Tampa, you know, the Florida Panthers were not the team that we were worried about beating, right? Um, you know, it was more Washington. Or, you know, it was, it was more Pittsburgh. And, uh, but now the, both teams are really good. I mean, it's obviously a tough swing for any team that comes through here, whether it's back-to-back or not. You know, to come down to Florida and try to get four points is a pretty tough task. And, you know, the, what happened last year in the playoffs was awesome. It was a great series. Uh, you know, it really could have either way, to be honest with you. Florida was that good. And I think they're better this year. So, uh, yeah, that, it's definitely starting in a couple more playoffs. You know, times you play each other in the playoffs, uh, you're going to get that rivalry. Here. But, there is an in-state rivalry, and now there's two really, really good teams that are, are battling each other. Do you think the Lightning look at this remaining stretch and care a whole ton where they finish, whether it's second, third, fourth, or is it kind of like, you know, you're playing a good team, doesn't matter, or is this a big deal for them down the stretch? Well, I think they're all, everybody can say that in the playoffs, right? That whoever you're going to play is going to be a good team, Yeah. Uh, especially in our division, right? Like, man, uh, the four teams that – and only one team is going to get out of that, right? You're going to have to beat Boston, Toronto, or Florida. And those are any one of those teams is good. So it'll be tough. It really will be tough. So does home ice advantage matter? I, I, I don't think it does as, as much as it has in the past. And I know with the Lightning, it, they don't, I don't think they, they care about it. Uh, sure, you'd like to get a game seven in your own building, but we've also seen that backfire before too. And I've been part of it. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's about playing good. It's about playing your game at the end. And to me, it's always been that way. It's always the best team that down the stretch that really has got the best shot at winning. And regardless of where you finish in the standings. Dave, we really appreciate your time. Enjoy the game tonight. Yep. You got it guys. It should be a good one. Hall of Famer, Dave Andrichuk. I got to think, especially with two Stanley cup rings, Mm -hmm. There's one team that really doesn't care who they face. It's got to be them. Yeah, they're like, okay, Carolina, sure. Is that we've <laughs> yeah, we've done that. We've run the table. Yeah, we've won four rounds Florida, in a row. Toronto, twice. Carolina, okay. You know, I, the only thing is home ice. You know, the Leafs are a markedly better team at home this season. I think the only two teams in the NHL have a better home record than them. So maybe some more priority for Toronto. I do feel like Tampa has the luxury to be like, all right. Guys, you just go with the percentages on game seven. That's all you need to know. Yeah. So it is a big deal for Toronto. No, thanks. No game seven, please. No game seven. Everyone wants to slay the dragon around here. And uh, they, they... they got every reason to just run out of gas. Okay, the only Tampa Bay Lightning. The only way I want it to be a game seven is if Tampa Bay is up three one in the series or up three two, and the Leafs win game six to send it to game seven. Okay, as opposed to them being up and losing game That's six last, to send yeah. it like to last game year, six. It's up. a different. It's a completely different mentality. 
I would say there's such a fragility. I mean, at least lose every game seven that I watch anyway, so it doesn't matter, but in my stupid brain, that's what I feel. There's such a fragility. Like, the Leafs are up 3-1 against Montreal. They mm. go to OT, and, like, the second Montreal gets that that goal. Was it? It was Galchenyuk's turnover first. Yeah, so he turns that one over, and it's that first seed of, oh, oh no. no, we're going to leaf it. And yeah. then it's going to Montreal, right? And then they're starting to have some fans back. And it's just that, like, you can't let it start and to get away from you as a Leaf you, right now. And not that I remember but game six overtime, the Leafs had, what was it, 15 unanswered shots? They just pumped peppered, Montreal. Peppered them. Until Montreal shot and then, their hockey net. And then, and then uh, Travis Dermott tried the 360. And, and he now was, he's enjoying British Columbia. Four feet inside the blue line, four feet outside the blue line. You know who doesn't That's do, where games are won and lost. You know who doesn't do that? Mark Giordano. <laughs> God will. Off the glass. Yeah. Off the glass and out, boys. The glass is your friend. This is, without a doubt, though, the scariest lineup from top to bottom. Tampa when you Bay. compare it to Florida, when you compare it to the Toronto Maple Leafs, this is the lineup that scares you. What's well, the it's defense? Just, it's the goalie. No, oh, it's, yeah, it's Vasilevsky. Yeah, it's goalie. Okay, right, right, right. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And I'm watching, you know, Sheldon keeps talking about playing down to your opponents and you're watching Florida on the weekend. What were they losing? 6-2? To New Jersey. Yeah. What? Six two. And they but won that's seven the six. Leafs do. That's the Leafs do that. Every team does that. Like you said, yeah. every team scores all the time. So it just happens. <laughs> every team scores all the time. They do. All right, let's get into the news and notes. We did talk about this. We you, you want to go uh Carey Price playing this week, potentially, finally. Yeah. Good. Good for the game. Good for him. I we think assume so. he wants his career to continue. Right. Uh, you know, I think good to go into the summer of training, knowing you've seen some NHL shots, that you've got back up to speed, remember what it's like, right? A lot easier than going another whole summer without having to see game action. You like it? Yes, I do. And yeah. I think he's got some some great hockey still in front of him. I don't know if he has 10.5 per Great hockey in front of him. But well, he's getting it one way or the other. Right. I just mean for a team, I guess Montreal will be that team. What happens? That's where this conversation really needs to go, I think, when it comes to Carey Price from here on in, mm-hmm. is whether or not he gets shelled. We hope he doesn't. Right. Because it, it could probably delay things. But do we expect him back next season in a Montreal Canadian uniform? I think this is setting up to show potential suitors that he's able to play. I agree with you, but how do you trade this deal? You know, until 2026, he's owed 10.5 per. You eat money and get picks. Blurf, man. Don't you? Like, this is what the, like, I've talked about this before and referenced it before, but when the Leafs were rebuilding, when they were horrible, 2014, 2015, they were taking other people's, you know, they were eating money, they were taking contracts, doing this and getting picks. This is what you do if you're a team with a bunch of money. Well, you, I don't know. I think if you're a team that can, yeah. You know? I don't know. I just, a contender can't fit $10 million in is all. And if you're a bad team, why, why, you still 2026? I think he comes back and he plays for Montreal next year. And mm. he's got to get to the point where it's an easier sell maybe to your organization, your owners, to take Carey Price or work out a deal with the Montreal Canadiens. But it won't come off of his next start next week mm-hmm. or the one next to it, it will have to be into next season. I think this could shape up for him to be 
in a conversation by trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Like if he's a Vesna contender next season. Well, I season, don't know if he needs to be there. A league like 920 or something. He needs a 920 yeah. to be in a position to say, hey, we're not going to pick up all of it, but mm -hmm. he's worth it at eight. Right. Eight two. Maybe even eight five. Yeah, Montreal hanging on to a little bit. Hey, they're going to have to. Yeah, no one's doing 10. Or if you can arrange... And Montreal may have to eat a first rounder to lose that contract. So talking. could another team come in and pick up a million a year on it Thing for is, a first rounder? But if you're Montreal, it doesn't make sense to trade price for that pick until you intend to be good, right? Like you might as well just have him. If you're going to trade him with a first, you're you're basically saying... You, you don't want to finish bad after that, right? You don't want to finish 30th and you just traded your first unless the first is years down the road. So, I don't know, maybe he plays the whole year with Montreal. They see where they're at and then see if it's yeah, worth hanging on to after that. I think it's going to be really tough until he shows a, a stretch of high level. Yeah. I can sell I can sell six or seven. Eight, I, I could sell $8 million to my mm -hmm. owner. But I'm going to have to see that level. Right. Need to know we're getting a player at that point. And he's point. still young enough. You hope that the body has recovered this year. Yeah. Well, but the last thing been he did was that playoff run, right? I mean, the last we've seen of him was pretty darn good. So, Okay. I'm going to eat. Keith Yandel getting scratched. Do we really care? Uh, I kind of care. Is that a big deal? I kind of care. I care because people care. You know, the the idea that they shouldn't have scratched him because he's the all-time consecutive games played leader. This ends his streak. He was close to a 1,000 straight games. There's only 11 games left here in last. Yeah. I don't care myself about that. Um, if you're not good enough to be in the lineup and your organization wants to see other players, if they keep you in just for the streak, it devalues the streak. So they had to do this. Isn't that what Phil Kessel in Arizona did? Devalue and yes. make a mockery out of it? Played one, the one shift, shift. One shift. And then there were rumors about not wanting to be traded in order to keep the streak intact. Like if he was traded to a contender and he got scratched or I don't know. I think it devalues the streak. Yes. <laughs> I would actually say all Iron um, Man streaks are now devalued. But it's still by the a, pursuit of it's keeping still them an together. incredible run to not be hurt, to it is. Uh, have enough have as many teams as he's had over his career to mm -hmm. say you're one of our top six yeah. in the lineup. It's insane. It is. It's uh, it's nothing to shrug at. No, and he can say next year I played a thousand games that I boy, was eligible. Boy, for those guys they put in the lineup for him on Saturday just really made a huge impact. Well, so what? Are you gonna keep him in there? Yes. Like I'm really caught in the middle on this one. I really am because I see your guys' perspective. But a thousand's a nice number, and the Flyers are dreadful. Dreadful, but just you, play you, them. But they're trying to get better. They I want understand. to see other guys. Oh yeah, those, those, those eleven games—they're really gonna. I mean, it get might, flying. That experience and, might mean a lot for some young kid. But, have a sense how to train in the summer and what the pace I, is like. When I hear Hay, uh, Hayes came out after it happened and said, like, he's a one of the guys that we love the most in the room. He's a leader in the room. He's bad. Like, sure, he's like they—they they were praising him. They love him. They thought it wasn't the right move. Like, I don't know. I, I agree with you guys. I think this is a Listen very fascinating debate. I see both sides. It's pro sports. You pro should, sports. You should be, it's on merit. 
It's not because of a streak. Florida wanted him out of the lineup and got bullied by social media. It was a Rudy episode. Yeah, to the movie keep Rudy, everyone in. put their jerseys in. But yeah, Every, everybody with a Twitter put their Rudy jersey on the desk. <laughs> I. But of, the, of the Florida Panthers. Every, but like, I mean, I'm going off. I haven't watched a lot of Keefe Handel games in the past couple of years, boys. I'm going to be honest with you. But a lot Keith of the, tw- a lot of the, the Twitter response from Flyers fan was, this is about a hundred games too late. You yes. know, like he's been awful for a really yeah. long stretch of time. And one of the main reasons yeah. is the streak. But at the I same time, he's 10 away, point. 10 away from a thousand. Hmm? What do you mean? I was just gonna. I just said that uh, it. it I, I think this one is as much to just make a point. To Yandel. Yes, okay. and to anyone else that says we're still in charge. Yeah. And w- this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And but it's it's. I agree. It's a little late for that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. It's not a nice team story or whatever. It's like, no. good for Keith, yeah. but we're back to focusing right. on what's best for the Flyers. So don't and get not... any ideas, uh, the rest of you now. We're just going <laughs> to we're gonna screw you like we screwed him. That's right. Okay. Trevor Zegris. Oh, boy. Hold on to your butts. <laughs> In a game no one paid attention to, <laughs> Arizona... And Anaheim. Could you Anaheim's have found, as bad as Arizona right now. Could you have found a more meaningless reason to watch this game? And then everybody's like, damn, I missed it. No. <laughs> Not exactly a marquee match. Oh, my God. Anaheim won 7-2 in their last 10. A horrible bad. matchup. So the Zegers goal, holy banana peels, unbelievable. Like... I liked it better than the the stop up and the flip up over the net. Yeah, like the shot through the legs, and then he's got adds the degree of difficulty. Has Milano stand there for a little extra? But, but just to pick up the puck and and with the momentum that he yeah. had, and to change oh, the dumb. angle of how dumb he throws skill. it in around a guy. Yeah, I don't get it. Oh, it's just ridiculous. Different it's, sport than most people play. Now I'm going to be the hater guy and just say. If you toggle through uh, the goal differential of all the lines in the NHL going back to the start of like January, his is the worst in the league. Okay, hold on. Before we, <laughs> so I'm just gonna before say, we critique, <laughs> I'm not saying he's bad. Before we critique, I'm just saying all Zegers love. For those of you that were under a rock this weekend, uh, do we have Trevor Zegers's comments? Do we need to revisit for people that are listening we, for the first time that have no idea what happened? The play. five nothing. Okay, late in the third. Five nothing. Zegris is uh, trying to find a loose puck. Jay Beagle from Arizona comes in, gives him a a, a shot. Mm-hmm. Any unlike anything we've ever seen before in the game. No, nope. no. So everything seems to be fine. Then line mate Troy Murray comes in. Troy Terry. Yep. Troy Terry. Sorry, uh, comes in, uh, engages uh, with Jay Beagle. Down goes Terry, and here's Trevor Zegas uh, with his post-game comments. Audio quality on it is not 100%, so just bear with us, but it's great stuff. So let's listen to it. There's two minutes left in the game. We're up 5 nothing. Guy, our best player, our leading goal scorer, one of the best players, in my opinion, in the whole league, takes a shot. Or I take a shot, he comes in to help me. I get, I'm not going to name the player, but I, I get that he's going to punch him maybe once. But the fact that he's down and he's not engaged in a fight, you're going you're gonna to hit him three more times. I think it's embarrassing. Um, 
I think he should be embarrassed. Um, I'm not going to comment any further on whether or not I think he should have even been able to get to Troy while he was on the ice. Um, but I'm embarrassed that he even got that far. Um, I appreciate Troy sticking up for me because I think that's a, that's a nonsense cross-check with two minutes left in a 5 nothing game. Um, I'm embarrassed for whoever that was. I'm not going to say his name. Um, and I think that yeah, we got a lot going on. step in here and something about it. Was the puck loose when you, you kind of jabbed at it? And 100% you... loose. And I get you're going to hit me in the back, but you don't punch a guy when he's down, especially a 32-goal scorer in the NHL who's a superstar. Um, I think it's embarrassing. I think it's a bad look for the league. And for the player that did it, it's it's humiliating, and I think he should be <laughs> Wow. <laughs> What's the point in not saying his name? What a... What a great editing job there to get that little beep in there. Nice I'm, like, I'm like Willie last time. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> well, it certainly opened up the, the haves and the have-nots on the subject, yes. which is always I, – I don't mind it. I, I like it. It's, it's, good, it's good banter, even though it puts what the, the cultured uh, old dinosaurs or – you know, the way it used to be, yeah. the way it is versus the newer generation, and we don't need that anymore. To be clear, though, Kipper, if, if Beagle did what he did this in that game in your generation, you would still call it bullspit. You would say it was garbage. The guy had his gloves on, and he kept punching him in the face. Would you not? You wouldn't have said, well, it's he shouldn't have been standing there. What what Beagle, I will hear it if Beagle was fighting a guy that's – a guy that has, has been, in a, been in a fight yeah. and has his glove off. But yeah. to keep hammering away is gutless. Like, to knock him down, sure, whatever. But to keep yeah. going, pretty gutless. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> Not really. Like, you just want to be contrary. Come on. Oh, no, no, no. I want to look at this as objective as I can. I really do. And um, I don't think it really looked any different than anything we've seen in any era, in any... But in any era, you would have said that's garbage and someone would have chased down Beagle or whatever. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. I just think that when Troy made the decision to go in aggressively, mind you, Jay Beagle didn't search out Troy Terry. Terry went towards Jay Beagle. Well, okay. And when you are in that scenario, okay, you aren't thinking, yeah, he's coming in, but I mean, should I guess whether he's going to throw a punch? Maybe he's not. No. Like, you are coming in there with a purpose, Troy, and that is to engage Jay Beagle. Now, if you want to go in there and you want to be real aggressive but you want to call a timeout and say, hey, listen, I don't want to punch you, and I don't think we need to get physical here, but I'd like to have a conversation with you. Like, that doesn't happen. What well, does happen now? No, Guys come in not. and pull him out of a pile no, and no, 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 talk no, no. to a guy. Listen, when Jay you... Beagle's when, when, not I'm sorry, but when, I, heavy. when, when I've just cross-checked one of your star players, I'm expecting a reaction. We had this conversation. We had it with uh, Larkin and um, uh, Joseph earlier in the season, sure. Labushkin and Hall. When, when those guys go in there and give you a shot, 
we're sitting there going, well, what do you really expect? Okay, so fine. So he should expect that Beagle might hit him and might take his gloves off and yeah. might throw a punch. Yeah. After Beagle throws three punches and Troy Terry's got his gloves on yeah. like this, Jay Beagle's pretty aware Terry's not fighting Maybe. back. Yeah, okay. And All right, so I gave you a couple extra shots. <laughs> so you know what? You got beat up, Troy. You got beat up. You went in there. You went in there all hot and heavy, and you just you, you got beat up. You're not the first. You're not the last. I I got beat up too. It's okay. You got a black eye. It's over. That's it. Well, I, I mean, that is it. It's There's okay. nothing else to do now. But it doesn't change the fact that Beagle should be subject to some scorn and possibly supplemental discipline. For what? Continuing to punch a defenseless no. or unengaged person. Unengaged? You went in there. If you're unengaged, it's because you're too stupid to be... not protect yourself, wow. to not be, it can be prepared. Both. It can be both that Terry should have been engaged and Beagle should be well aware that that guy doesn't deserve to take six you blows. Think, like, where... where... Where like, do listen, you go like get Beagle's to engage? A Beagle hasn't fought since in 11 years in the NHL. Wait, pick the right guy. <laughs> right? Wait up. Hey, if you want the I picked I picked my spots award, then give it to Jay Beagle. His last but spot to, was but Aaron to Asham. suspend him because Troy wanted to come in and defend Zegris, but you suck at it. That's I should be suspended because you suck at defending a player. I don't know that he intended to go in and say, I challenge you to a duel so much as quit this doing is, that to my teammate. This is the NHL, and this is the way yeah. it's been historically done. It has JB. been historically. So, so who changes? Who changed the rules and didn't tell any of us? Well, and this is the thing, is when it's been gradual, that it doesn't happen like it used to. You can't argue that it's the same as it used to be about what you do in those moments. It used to be that the... Islanders and the Flyers had all their gear on the ice and the three refs are going, I don't know, let them figure it out. Like, it's obviously changed. It's just... Well, let the players know then. Because who changed it? I, you know, I guess officially nothing has changed. But, but okay, but if it has changed, at least to the degree that you're talking about it, who's responsible for changing that? The players. Well, is it the players? Is it supplemental? No, discipline? it's is not it... supplementary. They haven't changed a thing. Nothing's changed. Well, if then the, if nothing's if, changed, if, should if, guys be chasing around Beagle the next time they, they have but, a... But the opportunity is still there. If they choose not to exercise it because they've gone a little bit more, you know, it's not my job and I'm more skilled now. If it has relaxed off of that, it's, it's relaxed because they've chosen not to exercise that. But it, it's been there and it's always there. Yeah, and, and, it, and I don't and it's know that it's been away. there in Troy Terry's life. How old's Troy Terry? Twenty three. Well, Troy, pay attention, buddy. Pay attention. <laughs> but you want to go in there and defend a player, but you don't know how to defend yourself. That's on you. Yeah, I can I can hear the the argument that if you go in there and engage with someone, you got to be prepared for some backlash. I can't hear the idea that he should continue to take six punches to the face with his gloves. How many on. was it? Six. I'd say it was six. Five. Multiple. If you it's enough. It's enough where Beagle's going. He's not fighting back, but I'm going to keep swinging here. I don't know. Yeah. I'd say this is this is a good one. This defines our divide, yeah. I would say, you and me. This is... Yeah. I just... Uh, and I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see a lot of people uh, defending 
Trevor Zegers's stand, by the way, that the league should come in. Yeah. I, I, I think the league's laughing at him right now going, like, do you know how this works? Yeah. Right? Do you know how it well, works? I mean, George Peros is the head of that department. I, he probably feels differently than... I don't think he should be suspended, but I think he should deserve a little bit of... Internet scorn. I think the league. That's. I, I think it's. I think what's it's what, a mean what's happening right now is the perfect situation. It was a fight. It was not a fair fight. The guy was looking for it. He punched him in the face too it's many not times. A fair fight because one guy really sucks at it and another guy is a little better. Correct. That's exactly why it's is not a fair okay? fight. I'm sorry, but there's nothing really fair sometimes when it comes to somebody being a little bit tougher, stronger, bigger. Well, I'm like, sorry. It's not like Terry has his gloves off and he's losing the fight. Terry, here, here's an idea. Don't go there. Don't go there. Just it, it's not you. You tried. It didn't work out. Lesson learned. Just hug harder. If go you're going to get, get in there and want to wrap exactly, someone up, exactly. tie up. I don't know. But, you know, the whole thing kind of gets... T- tough to give a guy and, and a I pass. Look at this, I look at this and I just see it for what it is. But people want to tie it into this was a message because he's... Um, you know, the Instagram king of the NHL now, and they want to tie it all in. And I just saw a hockey play that turned a little tough on on Troy. Yeah. No, it is a hockey play. You want to go in there and poke the goalie around at a five, nothing. You're going to get cross-checked. That's where that's, that's the hockey that we've been accustomed to for 60 years. It's relevant that it's five, nothing in a game between two garbage teams. Like it's, I don't know. It feels like it it was excess. It was excess. And it was kind of embarrassing. He called Troy. Terry, a superstar, too. Good player. Superstar? Star. Come on. You Medium know. star. Come on. <laughs> this is where your stats could really come in right now. How bad have they been? Oh, awful. And I've been awful. All right. Who knows? Maybe we'll pick this up on tomorrow's show. I don't think I'm done with it. God, I hope not. Thanks for listening and watching, everybody. Real Kipper Board. We're right back tomorrow.